tonight before God is. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, we are so glad that you answer prayer. So glad to find after many years meeting the people from way back in 46 and 47 still healed when they were dying with cancer, crippled in wheelchairs, blind, couldn't see. And here they are, here shaking my hand, saying, Brother Brandon, I was crippled, I was blind, I was given up with cancer, and I've never had a sick day since. Oh, Lord, we know that could only be your grace to them. We're so happy for this, and we pray, God, that others that are suffering today will remember that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We pray that you'll bless us tonight as we um, fellowship around the written word, that the glory of God might come into our midst. We're so glad to hear the results of last night's meeting, receiving the Holy Ghost and being saved. Oh, Lord, how we thank you for these things. Pray now that you'll bless us in the further part of the service as we wait on thee. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. It's a privilege to have a nice audience like this to speak to, and, and it makes it so easy for you to, to believe God when these uh, take place like this. Now, I've been for a, a few nights preaching, and and just uh, uh, the gospel, because I think if a, if a person is healed, if they live very long, they'll probably get sick again. But if you're saved, that's eternal. You have eternal life. And it's so getting so late in the evening lights that I feel that one great thing is needed, most of all, that's salvation. And divine healing is merely a... Just like uh, Brother Bodsworth used to say, divine healing is a bait that you put on a hook. The fish doesn't see the hook. He just takes the bait and gets the hook. So that's the way it is. Uh, people see the, the supernatural, the phenomena of supernatural, God healing the sick. And then uh, they, they reach for that, and the first thing you know, they, they first thing you know, they're right in the arms of the Lord Jesus with great faith to believe in and it, uh, then to become a Christian have eternal life. Now, a great percent of our Lord's ministry, about 80% of it, or better I think it was, it's estimated about 80% of his ministry was divine healing. So he did that to catch the eyes of the multitude and also to show that he was their Messiah. He showed them the side sign to say that they were Messiah. Last night, I believe Brother Argenbite asked the audience about how many would like to continue on and and preaching services, and or how many like to go and have this healing services? And I think about um, just a very small percentage of them for the healing services. But um, however, if we'll open our hearts to God, God will do it anyhow. If we just see it like that. A little tired tonight. I think I have anywhere from one to three services a day. You know, so at the time I get here, I'm pretty wild again to start. So I was up at the old Pisgah church this afternoon, and, or the Pisgah home, whichever it's called, and I tell you, we had a glorious time. Uh, I found out that some of the old timers off of Azusa Street is up there yet in that church worshiping. The old Azusa Street, I seen them old women and men thing there. I, I just want to get my arms around and hug them. It looks so sweet. I think a, a real young child or an old person, you know, they seem to be helpless the second time. And I, I really, uh, I 
like to get with a young person and try to stir them on the right road and then get to the old person and find out how many ditches he's crossed and how he crossed them and I know how to cross them when he gets there. So, but I like young and old and in between too. <clears throat> I like everybody. I, I can say that from my heart. If I knew tonight that I had an enemy, I may have, I perhaps have, but if I do, I don't know just who it is. If it was, I sure wouldn't go to preaching that I went first and made that right and see if I could get straightened up. Because we're not supposed to have anything against anyone, or if anything we can do, let no one have anything against us. See? And now, if, now, you don't say, if you have ought against the brother, but if the brother has ought against thee, see, you go to him. See? If he has the ought. And that way, while we live peaceful, um, Brother Gold here, a precious boy, Sometimes someone says, Why, what's the success of your service, Brother Branham? Of course it's Christ. How do you hold up so and just keep going night after night? My boy, the, the people that are with me, this boy here goes sometimes days without even eating, laying on his face, crying to God for help for me. Now God just can't turn that down. See? My wife at home, my children, my loved ones, people, my friends, fast and pray. That's a success. See, every one of us, all of us can't preach, and all of us, some of us can't do one thing or another, but we can all do something that helps out. You see, just like this watch here, it's got a, a hand on it that tells time. I wouldn't know how many times that little thing switched back and forth in there to tell what time it was the hand held. But if that little wheel hadn't been jumping back and forth like that, it, 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 it wouldn't be any hand to make any time, see? I wouldn't know where it was at. And if it wasn't a winding spring to wind that little thing up there, why, it wouldn't be jumping back and forth, see? So we, we, everything has to work together. All the church has to pray and all the laity has to pray, the deacons and the trustees and the pastor, and all together we come into the presence of God like that as one great unit. You know, say, for instance, um, that piano will make a sound. How do I know? How do I know to make a sound? Well, I believe it will. That's my faith. Now, what would you do to make a sound on that piano? My fingers have to touch it. All right, now, first thing, my head, my mind has to think of it. My heart has to tell me whether it will or not. That's my faith. Now, say, my finger is a great thing. My eye, that's the prophetic side, the scene. Now, if I just step, look at that piano, I say, well, it'll play, but that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make it. Now, see, I've got to make my feet got to work. Now, one of my feet say, well, I'm not the eye, so I'm just not going to do anything about it. <laughs> well, my, my feet says, I'll take you over there. All right, here we go. My feet's taking me over. Now, now I'm here over here. Well, my eye's still looking, but it, it, it can't touch the key. He says, well, I don't touch the key, but take the thing. See, it's a, it's a no say, I will, I won't help. The eye say, I got it, won't help. See, it got to have a face. So with everything working together, it has. See, now, what is faith? How many senses are there to the human body? Eye, see, taste, feel, smell, hear. Is that right? Or now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you do not see, taste, feel, smell, hear. Is that right? It's the sixth sense. If I had another week, I'd preach on some of those things. The sixth sense, they're in a healing service, brother. Now, it's just like a... Come here, brother. 
Now, let me show you. Have you ever heard people say sting is bleeding? How many of you ever heard it? Oh, you've heard it. I'm Missouri. You know, you got to show me. And um, now there's a man standing before me. He's got brown hair, wearing kind of a brown-looking suit, brown tie, with a white shirt on. How many believe that? See? Well, now, I've got one sense that declares in there. That's my sight. I step back just a little bit. All right? Now, it's impossible for me, my sense of sight, to say he's there. But I know he's there now just as well as I know I'm looking at him. Why? I can't see you want to argue with me he's not there? <laughs> you say, uh, you might have got Brother Buntain up. Oh, no, 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 no. It ain't Brother Buntain, it's Brother Roy, Brother Roy Borders. How do you know it is? You just got to hold a man's hand. You haven't switched man on me. He's got a real wide wedding band on <laughs> And I know that's him. <laughs> but I know that now. I cannot see him, but yet I know he's there just as well as if I was looking at him. So seeing isn't believing, is it? No, no. Not this time. Certainly not. Because feeling is believing. Is that right? Well, now, see now, what is, thank you, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the direct evidence of things you do not see, taste, and smell or hear. See? That's it. You say that church white? Well, what if I tell you that church red? You'd say, wait a minute, Brother Brandon, that church white. Well, I say, no, it's red. Well, now, the only way it could be, could it be possible it could be red? Yes. If you was colorblind, it might be red, see. So, seeing what we believe in, yes, see. But your faith, when faith is positive, you can be not be too positive. Like if you're studying in a, uh, given a, a trial, in a trial, then you look through a window and see an accident, it's hard for them to take your evidence because you might have had an optical illusion. you never seen it that way, see. And sometimes you think you're positive right. You ever go down the road and see a mirage on the road? Looks just exactly right. It's water. I read in a paper here some time ago where a bunch of ducks thought it was, was water, must have seen their eyes, and lit down the road and killed them all. See? Because it was a mirage. Many times human beings see the mirage. And they think, oh, this is just it. Wind up killing themselves. See? See them out in the desert when they... Out in there and prospecting, they get out of water and their canteen is gone and they have no water and they begin to see mirages and they think it's water and they run and fall down and to throw, think water up on them and what is it? A heap in hot sand. And that's the way the devil does. Sometimes he shows you a false mirage and you think it's something great but when you get there you find yourself just heaping hot sands and sin up on you more and more. You don't wear the devil's mirage. Let your faith anchor right in the Word of God. Stay right with it. See? Like it's got to pull out. See? That sixth sense will, will, will defy any of the other five. We do the five's all right as long as they agree with the six. But man wasn't given to live by the five senses. He was uh, to let the five senses guide him. He was given, prone to, uh, born here to be led by the sixth sense. That's what God gave him the sixth sense for. That's God's place in the heart to lead it. So we are led by the sixth sense if we just let it. Now, if the sixth sense says that uh, uh, the, the word is wrong, then don't, you're not in the sixth sense. See, that's the five senses. But the sixth sense will believe things that the five senses doesn't declare. It's kind of complicated, but it, it's true. See, that the sixth sense is what we're guided by. I just out there, just a few go prayed for a dear old woman who's been laying there for four days waiting to be prayed for. Now, 
such a thing, I tell you, just feel like I ought to change it to a healing service somehow. To see the Spirit of God move on like that, that whole thing. I caught it by the hand and, and I seen what was wrong. And, well, that, what did you read now? Luke, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Now, I want to take a text out of that, the Lord willing. Now, if God is willing, tomorrow night, I promise I want to preach on the seal of God. Y'all you know, like uh, teaching lessons like that? The seal of God and then the mark of the beast the following night. And tonight, I want to take uh, text out of this, uh, 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 for a subject out of where he's read here, St. Uh, Luke, the... Uh, the 18th chapter, and he read from the 35th to the 43rd verse, inclusive. Now I want to take the 38th verse for um, a text. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And let's take it more like a little drama tonight. I'm tired a little bit in the throat. And let's just have a little drama of it for a few moments. Our, our scene opens on a cold spring morning. And it's at the walls, the old torn-down walls of Jericho. And uh, there is a, a man sitting there, which we know to be a beggar, called Brian Barnimaeus or Bartimius. It would be either one be pronounced all right. And so uh, in that day, there were many beggars. And all night long, he had tossed and rolled. He couldn't sleep. Many of us know what them kind of nights are. Just no rest at all. And he'd roll from one side of the bed to the other, and there was no rest for the poor old fellow. And he'd got up late. So he'd come to his post late. Therefore, if, uh, if they're not there early, the merchants and so forth coming in, there's so many beggars and people incurables like blindness and leprosy and cripples and so forth and people that were poverty-stricken. And about the first beggar they met, they give him a coin, and that just about settled it. That's all they could afford for the day. So he'd come to his place late. Let's say it's up about 8 o'clock in the morning, and he should have been there about 6. But the reason he's late was because he missed so much sleep. All night long he had rolled and tossed and couldn't sleep. He was dreaming all night. But he could see again. He dreamed that he had his eyesight. And he'd wake up and go back to sleep. You know, I believe God warns us many times in dreams. Don't you think so? He always has. And he promised in the last days that he would show visions and let them dream dreams. And let's think of Barney Mayus. And he dreamed that he could receive, receive his sight and he could see again. So when he got there that morning, he was late, and all the merchants had done gone into the city, and, and the great city of commerce as it was, but all, all of them went in, got early at the marketplaces to sell their goods and so forth. So perhaps he'd have to do without that day. He didn't, wouldn't have his coin for the day to eat by. And I can just imagine, as many times we pictured him, his old ragged cloak on like that, and his little old swiveled up arms and a beard all over his face and that gray and, and blind along the road, kind of trying to get to the place where he sat down and begged. Each one had it their own private place where they begged. That's a pitiful thing. I've been in India and watched them there where there's 
There's 470 million people in India, and honest, I'd almost say 400 million of them are beggars. You know, just everywhere is beggar, 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 and they each have their post and their place and some kind of little enchantment that they do to attract the attention of the tourists. And such a pathetic sight. And then we find him sitting there, and after a bad night, well, he seen there was no one there, so he thought maybe that he would step down on a rock. You know, the walls had been torn down in his day from where Joshua had went in, and big rocks was laying out to one side, so he must have found his way out to the side of the northern gate that leads up towards Jerusalem, and he stuck down there in the sunlight. And he was thinking, well, it's coming on springtime now, and I believe I'll just sit here in a warm sun. I'm chilly this morning, and my clothes are thin. I'll just sit here in the warm sun for just a little while, and, and maybe there might be one left out that I could get my corn. If I don't, my family will, will be hungry today. And as he sat there, he began to think about his dream. Last night I dreamed that I could see. Oh, how the skies must look pretty. The hills are beginning to bloom again. Then his mind goes back to the time as a little boy when he used to live around the bank there on the Jordan, long in that early spring, why, there used to be the big buttercups that come up and the little flowers. How a little boy, how he used to roam over the hill and sit down and, and pick those flowers and lay out there in awe of the morning and think of uh, how pretty the skies was, the big white clouds coming by in the springtime. And, and how the green was coming up, how blue the sky, and the Jordan in her swelling time, the snow coming down out of the Judea, and how the flowers was blooming, and then he would hear a familiar voice that we all like to hear, a sweet voice of a mother calling, Bartimaeus, my little one, your lunch is ready. And then when his father was in the field somewhere working, how he would come in. How that little Jewish mother would wait on the steps for him and pick him up in her arms and hug him and set him down to his, his dinner. And then after he got through, go out on the porch, and he used to sit out on the porch and how his mother would lock him and he'd have to take his afternoon nap. So how she'd rake the hair back out of his eyes and she'd look up and see those pretty big soft eyes of a mother and how she would kiss his little cheeks and say, oh, how I thank great Jehovah God for a nice little boy like you, Barnabas. You know, Barnabas, when you were born, I dedicated you to Jehovah. I've always believed that Jehovah would use you someday, Barnabas. He would use you for his glory. Many think, here I am sitting here blind, not over maybe a mile from where I played and seen. How could Jehovah ever use me? I'm blind. There's no hopes for me. But we don't always know, you know, God works in mysterious ways, His wonders to perform. If we commit anything to God and believe it like our children or whatever more, let's believe that God will answer that prayer. The day before I left to go away, the phone constantly ringing and the mothers with their children and saying, I pray for them. I said, now just commit them to God. That's all you have to do. And don't put your hands on it anymore. Let God have it. If you're going to do something about it, then God will stand back. Let you go ahead and you get finished. 
But when you commit it to God and let Him have it, then He'll do it. You just, you just believe it. You just stand back and don't work, but believe. That's where grace is imputed for righteousness. You believe that God will. Then he said, no doubt his heart, and he remembered how mother used to read him Bible stories. You know, it used to be mothers had time to read their children Bible stories. They don't have it no more now. They got to get to the new car and get out and go to the ladies' a card party and, and everything. Mothers used to be there to pack their water in the spring and boil it on the outside. I remember my mother had a great big old iron kettle and do her washing outside. And um, she had more time now than a modern mother does just to push a button, like that dirt washing, dishes, everything else, just push a button. But um, I don't think our modern convenience has got us anywhere. And what it is has made us all for lazy, killing us with heart trouble and everything else. Suzanne Leslie had 17 children. And with them 17 children, Back hundreds of years ago, she could still take from two to three hours a day in all of her busy schedule to read the gospel and pray for her children. What happened? She had a John and a Charles out of there that turned the world upside down. Suzanne Wesley, I stood by her grave not long ago and put my hands on the stone and I said, God, give America some mothers like that. That's right. She produced a Charles and a, and a John. Uh, Wesley, Charles gave the world some of its best, best gospel songs, and John, oh my, he was a, uh, surely a firebrand snatched from the fire. That is right. What a great man of God that he was. Now, but today with all of our modern convenience, and instead of reading the Bible to our children, we'll turn the television on and let them look at something that's not even fit for them to look at. Now that's right. That's right. And another thing, we'll give them these little comic books and little uh, story books off of the, uh, some drugstore man that oughtn't even be sold to make, uh, make uh, kindling wood out of or fire out of, and yet we poke all that kind of stuff down our children's necks. Now, the American, I bet you, and nearly everybody in America can tell you who Davy Crockett was, but I imagine there isn't one third of them can tell you who Jesus Christ is. That's right. Oh, the Lone Ranger or somebody like that or some movie star, they know all about it because it's laid before them and the Bible is a book that's put away and when the minister comes, they dig it out and dust it off and lay it up like that. It's never read. What we need today is some good old-fashioned mothers to take their children back to prayer. That's the best remedy I know of to cure juvenile delinquency. That's right. It's good old honest mothers. I hear him talk about the illiteracy of the Kentucky mothers who are up around in the part of the country where we come from up there. Now, they may be, they work, might not know right and left hand, but you let one of those girls come in one night with her hair turned inside out, her clothes all off of her, and lipstick smeared all over her face and like that, and some little half-drunk, foul cigarette sucker brings her daughter in around daylight. I'll tell you, she won't be able to get out of bed for three months. I'll just guarantee you that now. Yes, sir, you talk about illiteracy. We need more of them kind of moms. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That'll, that'll bring back discipline. In our home, we had the Ten Commandments. They hung over the door, hickory of all ten of them, out on the end like that. And I tell you, we got our we got our education off of that. <laughs> That's right. 
I can see my father yet reach over and say, William, I said, oh my, I knew what was coming. But uh, I'm glad he did it. And that's right. Barney Mayus would think of his precious little mother, how she used to tell him Bible stories about what the Lord did. She'd say, Barney Mayus, you know, we Jewish people, by God's choice, he chose us to be his people because we loved him and served him. Barney Mayus, you may live to be a great man someday. I'm expecting you to be the king of Israel. I, I want you to ever mother's anticipations is for a child to be something great. And that's what she should be. And she said, I prayed, and I, when I knew you was coming to the earth, when God placed you under my heart, well, I, I gave your little life to God. And, you know, I want you to serve this great God and go tell you how great he is, Barnabas. And, you know, we were coming up out of Egypt. We were slaves once. And he brought us up out of Egypt. I opened the Red Sea, fed the children of Israel out of heaven by manna, blowed in meat, quails for them, give them water out of a rock in the desert, and all the great things he done. And all his little bright eyes would just say, Oh, Mama, does that still great Jehovah live? Oh, yes, darling. He's just the same as he ever was. He's still Jehovah. He used to love that story and tell about how the, the children of Israel used to right down there at the old ford. One day the great mighty Joshua crossed right down there with the children of Israel. Just around the city where we go get our groceries down there at the Jericho, Joshua crossed right there, the great mighty warrior, the servant of God. How Moses stood down on top of the mountain, looked over into the swelling tides of the river, and how the... The unbeliever thought, this is a good time, we're safe. God is a poor engineer, picked this time of year to cross. But God sometimes just takes the worst hour to prove that he's gone. Yes, sir. Looks like he'd take them when the river, brought them up there when the river is low. Ah, uh, that ain't it. He just wants to prove he, he is God. He, he likes to manifest his glory. Oh, I just love that. I just love that, to see and know that he's God. Then... One of the stories that little Barney Mayus liked so well was the story of the Shunammite woman. Because it had a little boy in it. You know, there's a little boy in there that, uh, and she'd tell about that great, mighty prophet Elijah, how that God made him such a great, mighty prophet. He lived out in the wilderness and didn't have many clothes and he wrapped a piece of leather around him and, and how he uh, was a great, mighty man of God. Oh, he lived under the anointing of God. And he had passed through a certain city. And there was a Shunammite woman there. She was a kind woman. And she loved God too, although being a Gentile, she, she loved God. And I might say that she might have said to Barney Mayus, you know, uh, Barney Mayus, we are chosen of God, but someday there'll be a great Messiah come. And when, he'll, when he comes, he'll be the one that'll call all nations. Because this Shunammite woman... God is lovely to all of those who will be lovable. He wants to come and help those who wants to be helped. And Barnabas, uh, this great woman, she'd see this holy man pass through the city, so she wanted to show some favor to him because she loved God and she knew this was his servant. And she wanted to help him and do something for him. So she'd, she'd see him coming and she would go out and bid him to come in and, and stay with him. So her husband was rather a rich man. So one day she said to her husband, You know, dear, uh, this great holy man of God comes by here and he goes up there to a cave where he's living, up at Mount Carmel. 
So as he passes through here, I believe it would be good if we built him just a little room on the side of our house. I believe that would be real nice if we do that, because both of us believe in God, and he is God, and that's God's representative. That's the highest order in the earth now of God is his representative. So the husband said, I think that would be fine. So they built the little house on there, and one day when Elijah and Gehazi, his, his servant, came by, and they seen this little uh, room built on there, and went in, they had him a nice little bed there, and, and a little stool, and some water, and everything. So said, go ask this Shunammite, what could I do for her? She's been so kind to us. Maybe we could return the, the kindness. Maybe she'd want me to speak to the king. Or maybe she'd want me to speak to the chief captain or someone. But you know, Barney Mayus, what that woman, she didn't ask for nothing. But when Gehazi come back, he said, I'll tell you, Elijah, the great prophet of God, the woman is barren. She has no children. She's never had any children. He say, Barney Mayus, you know, any mother wants a little sweet little boy like you are. See, that's the reason Jehovah's so good to me to give you a Give me a little boy like you. And that poor mother wanted a little boy like you. So Elijah said, go tell her to come stand before me. And so no doubt but Elijah had a vision of what to do. So then when the woman came in, he said, according to the time of life, you're going to bear a son. And she went out and you know what, Barney Mayus? That mother received a sweet little boy, this little Gentile boy, just like you're a little Jewish boy. How that mother loved that little boy. How she must have thought he was the sweetest little thing. And when about 11 years old, one day he went with his papa out in the field to, uh, to do the harvest. And I believe he must have got a sunstroke because he began to say, my head, my head. He got sicker and sicker. So the father being real busy with the hard hands, he had a servant to take the little fellow in and lay him on his mother's lap. She kept him on the lap till about noon, and the breath all went out of him, and the poor little boy died. Now, but Barnabas, I want you to notice what this Gentile woman now, what she did. She took him in and laid him on the bed of the prophet. Now, that is a wonderful revelation. See? She didn't take him to his own bed, neither did she take him to her bed, or the father's bed. She took him and laid him on the prophet's bed, in the chamber where the prophet had slept. And then she said to her husband, you saddle a mule, and you go forward for me now, told the servant, and don't stop. If anybody salutes you, don't salute them back, but you go straight to the man of God, up at Mount Carmel. Now, said now, her husband said, it's neither new moon or neither is the Sabbath, so the man of God won't be there. She said, oh, be well. I like that. When you got that real hold on faith, stay on that. That's a good lesson for all you little Barney Mayus now. Look. And then said, go, go forward. Don't stop. Don't stop the social calls and things. Just go forward. Just keep on going. Don't stop till I bid you stop. And of course, when he got close to Mount Carmel, when uh, uh, the prophet, you know, God don't reveal everything to his prophets. We all know that. He just reveals to his prophets what he wants them to know. And now, when he got close, Elijah walked out, probably old and maybe a little dim in sight. He raised up his hands and he said, here comes that Shunammite. And she looks like that she's weary, but God has kept it from me. So he said to Gehazi, go out and call to her. 
But she was pretty well speeding on. When she got there, he heard, Is all well with me? Is all well with our husband? Is all well with our child? And watch what that woman said. All is well. She knew that God was in that promise. That's right. She knew that the highest order God had in that day. I think that's where Martha got the idea. She must have read that story. When her brother Lazarus died, she knew if God was in that prophet, God was certainly in his son. That's right. So she went to him and said, Lord, if I would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. I like that. I like that. See, that's startling. See, even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. This little boy said, here, this mashed up foot. Another young fellow said, well, you're seeing them both shouting last night. Must be Pentecostal, boys. Must have God in their heart. You say, Brother Ben, I probably never laugh again. The doctor says them all. This is a real heart trouble. This is whatever it is. Whatever your trouble is. Say, so, well, the doctor says I won't. I won't never be able to get over this. I got cancer. I got tumor. I got so and so. But even now, Lord, whatever you ask the Father, He'll give it to you. That's it. Even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. That must have been where Martha got that story. The Shunammite woman said, all is well. Now, she wasn't asking for the boy, but she knew that God was able to this prophet to tell her why he took the boy. And that was satisfied. If he could tell why he took the boy, everything was all right. So she was before God's representative and all things as well. I imagine little Barney Mays, his eyes are just brightened. Mama, Mama, come here, tell me what happened. You see, little boys get hasty and they want to find out what the end is. Well, the great prophet, after she revealed to him and told her her story, what the little boy had died and was laying in a chamber. Now the prophet said to his servant, Take my staff and go lay it on the child. Now, I think, again, in the New Testament, that's where Paul got the idea of taking handkerchiefs and aprons from his body. Now, Elijah knew that everything that he touched was blessed. But if he could get the woman to believe it, that was all. If he could get the woman to believe the same thing, a miracle would have happened just the same as ever if the woman would have had faith in what Elijah told her to do. But the woman's faith wasn't in the staff. Now, I kind of like the way she said it anyhow. She said, as the Lord liveth and your soul never dies, I'm not going to leave you. I like that. Determined to hold on. That's it. If you start out for God, hold on until the Holy Ghost comes and put everything that you've asked for takes place. Just don't give it up. I'll not leave you. I'm on your hands, Lord, until you answer me. That's the way to do it. You know, Jesus taught it like that. He said, the unjust judge, you know, I, he, he would to avenge the widow uh, of her enemy, but he said to get her off of my hands. <laughs> I'll go ahead and avenge her of her enemy. Well, how much more will your kind heavenly Father be willing to give you? But now, now, he said, seek and you shall find. Knock and it'll be open. Now, and uh, ask. Now, if you notice, it isn't just, Lord, I want it. He that asketh, seeketh, 
keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Just keep on on. You've arrived there, so just keep on knocking until it happens. I believe the Lord, I'm, I'm on your hands. I'm on your hands. Remember the Lord knew me a stomach trouble. The devil said, you, you haven't realized that just stick around this night to testify then. <laughs> you, you want to be If you want to hear God be praised, just stick around this night me a while. He got tired and went on away, so he, he'll do it. The other day he tried to give me a bad cold. He handed it to me, I'll give it back to him. He handed it to me again, I'll give it back to him again. And we just followed on it for three or four days and finally he went away. So there you are, see? Just keep handing it back to him. Just don't receive it to give it back to him. Give it back to him. That's the way to do it. Just be determined. Hold on. That's what she did. She said, as the Lord liveth and your soul never dies. Now see, she believed he had a soul that wouldn't die. See? As the Lord liveth and our soul liveth. See? I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stay with you. Well, I find out what happened. So he couldn't get her off, her hand, off his hand, so he just had to gird up his loins. And here he went. I noticed when he walked into the room. Look what that prophet had to come again. He didn't know what the Lord was going to do. There was a father screaming top of his voice. All the people around the neighborhood screaming. That fine little boy, this lovely family, was dead, laying in the chamber. All hope's gone. Now what did Elijah do? Just like Jesus did, put them all out of the house. Got away from where it was at. Like Jesus did when Jairus' daughter was dead. And watch what the prophet did. He didn't have to go out and seek and pray and pray up and get ready. No. I, I believe we should stay prayed up all the time, don't you think so? You're not long ago, there's a little Irish woman coming over on a ship, they said. And about 30, 40 miles out somewhere out of uh, New York Harbor, there come a terrible storm. And the little ship didn't think they could make it. They sent out SOS, and so they told them the storm was getting worse and worse. If they could, if they could storm it for 30 minutes, they'd reach the, the, the harbor. But if they couldn't, they'd be in the bottom of the sea. So all the jazz music stopped and began to play, play near my God to thee, and so forth. But all this uh, little Irish woman, she walked up and down the floor screaming and shouting, Hallelujah, 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 she said. The captain said, Did you understand me? He said, Yes, sir, I understood you. said, Well, why don't you pray? She said, I'm already prayed up. So that's it. Be prayed up. Ready. That's the way you have to do it. And she said, I'm so glad. And she started shouting again. The captain said, What's you shouting about? said, You said if we held out 30 minutes, we'd be in New York. If we didn't, we'd be in the bottom of the sea. said, That's right. said, I'm on my road from Ireland to see my daughter in New York. I got one in glory. In 30 minutes now, I'll see one of them. So if the ship went out, she went up. So that's it. She can't lose, see? So she's just shouting anyhow. She knows in 30 minutes, she'd see one of her loved ones. Oh, that's it. He pulled up. Elijah, when he got on the on the ship, or got on the platform of the little place where the ship did, she walked back and forth across the floor. And he walked to and fro, the Bible said, in the room. And then as he felt the Spirit come on him, he went and laid himself up on the baby. Just laid there with his flesh upon the baby. And then he felt the babies get warm. So he got up, walked back and forth again through the room, to and fro. Come back and laid himself on the baby again, and he sneezed seven times and come to life. He picked up the baby and said, call the Shunammite. Oh, how little Barney Mayus like that. Uh, he began to think, oh, when I used to hear my mother tell those stories. About that time he heard a, a something clicking of a little mule coming. Must be kind of a rich man, because most of the travel was on foot or by rich people rode a donkey, and the army used chariots. 
So he, he said, this must be a wealthy man that's coming in late. So he raised up, threw aside his garment around, said, arms for the blind, arms for the blind, please. And he the little mule stopped, and he heard a real grouchy voice said, out of my way, beggar. I am the head of the Ministerial Association of Jerusalem. <clears throat> they tell me that there's going to be a... I'm the servant of the Lord. They tell me they got one of these so-called prophets coming in down here today. These visions and so forth, they're going to have a healing service. I'm going to gather the whole council down here today. I've got to get these ministers together to see that we'll have none of that nonsense around here. Out of my way. Come on, boy. Out of the Lord. Down the street went the little donkey. And so Barney may have thought, well, and that's the servant of the Lord. Well, he made his way back, trying to find out where the rock was. Finally, when he found the rock, the sun had moved over a little bit. It become kind of chilly. The shadows of the wall was on the rock, so he moved out a little farther, and he said, well, I guess I have no coin for the day, so maybe I'll just uh, just uh, wait a little while, and maybe I'll sit down again. Maybe I'll continue my daydreaming of when I was a little boy. Then he remembered, too, that his mother told him that years ago that that great prophet Elijah, and Elisha, the one that took his place, two mighty men of God, come right down that same cobbled street, arm in arm with one another, going down to the Jordan, open the Jordan up. Oh, my. Passed by a thousand thirty feet from where he was sitting. But alas, the priest told him, all the days of miracles are past. Jehovah doesn't heal the people anymore, you know. That spirit never did die out. So they said, oh, Jehovah don't do those things more. We're just supposed to live good and, and pay our tithe and go to the church and at every meeting, and then that's all we're supposed to do. But Jehovah doesn't. He, he, he was Jehovah back there, but today he, he's not concerned about it. Oh, what a mistake. He's always concerned. If he ever was concerned, he's still concerned. Yes, sir, he cannot change his motives. He cannot change his attitude. He's still Jehovah. I don't care how many says that he's changed. His people's changed, but he hasn't changed. The reason that we don't see him doing those things is because we won't let him do it. He's willing. We think we'll, we'll exhaust his bountiful blessings. We think, well, I asked God to give me my daily bread. I shouldn't ask him too many things. Oh, my. Could you imagine a little fish about that long? Way out in the middle of this ocean said, wait, I better drink of this water sparingly. I might run out someday. <laughs> Could you imagine a little mouse about that big under the great garners of Egypt saying, I better announce myself to one half a grain of wheat a day. I might run out before next harvest. <laughs> My. Well, that would just multiply that to a hundred billion and you try to exhaust God's goodness and mercy. He's trying to force his way into you. Everything he can. Ask abundantly that your joys might be full. He wants his people to be happy. Asking great things, dreaming for great things. Amen. Your city sits on a hill, high ambis- ambitions, expectations. Well, mercy, if we see the blind receive its sight tonight, I want to see the dead raised tomorrow night. Yes, sir. And I, want, I, I just keep on believing for greater things. When the church begins to receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, why don't you settle down on that? Why? Just keep moving on. Go on to the promised land. Right away to the promised land. Sure, just don't take just one thing. Say, well, we'll just 
as he spoke in tongues. Well, he hasn't got a great blessing that you got. Well, son, you ought to be a million miles up the road from that right now. Sure. Greater things. High expectations. Certainly. Now, we find out. Now that uh, Barnabas has been told that the days of miracles has passed. So he said, now, what if I was sitting here instead of hearing that man who called himself this day the servant of God? What was that he said? He's going down to see about something. What? Wonder what's going on down in the city. Well, anyhow, the days of miracles is past, and that's the kind of service Jehovah has today. It's a lot different from the one that Elijah was and Elisha. Now, if I'd have been sitting on this rock when Elijah and Elisha passed down by there, going down to the Jordan, and not for just a little piece grow where I'm sitting, that great prophet took his coat off, his cloak, folded it together, and stuck the Jordan. And she'd give away. Yeah. Amen. Hundreds of years after Joshua had did the same thing. Amen. That showed Jehovah was still the same. As long as he can get somebody to believe he's the same. Yeah. Then as he got on the other side, now he was weary. He had fussed with Jezebel and <laughs> was about her painting up and carrying on until he was tired, just going home. And so the young prophet had to take his place. So he knows just across the river there was a chariot hooked to some bush over there somewhere, and he, he's going to take a little ride up home, you see. But the young prophet was watching for his new ministry, seeing what this old one was doing, so he knew he had to take his place. So the young prophet caught his vision and seen him go up, caught his garment, passed back down, picked up the same garment and stuck the jar and said, Where's the God of Elijah? Oh, my. If you open up again, that's right. Yeah. Where is the God of Pentecost? Where is the God that was in Jesus Christ? What's the matter with the ministry today of churches? I guess you read that piece of paper there. Sent me somebody from the church here sent it to me. Well, this Episcopalian minister up here said the virgin birth was only a myth and there wasn't such a thing as God of Eden and all that stuff like that. That man don't belong in a pulpit. No, sir. Uh, what's the matter with it today? I thought, take great educated people like that, stand up and get so much education, you ain't got gumption enough to know how to hold it, that's all. What we need today, Paul said, I'll never come to you with excellently a word or education. I'll come to you in the simplicity with the power and demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. your faith would be rest upon the resurrection and the power of God and not in some smooth words or something of some uh, uh, so-called... Uh, Bishop or something. Now, we find out that just a little later, as uh, Barney may have sat there a little longer, wondering what would take place, then he remembered that you just below there, not 500 yards from where he stayed, that great Joshua. Oh, my. That great servant of God who took Moses' place, that uh, come across the Red Sea. And come across also was only two of the old group in the wilderness back there that believed that they could take the land. They looked at the Word of God. They believed the Word of God. Nine of them said, oh, we can't take it. We look like grasshoppers up the side of them. The cities are all walled. It's an impossibility to do it. But not that fellow. No, sir, brother. He said, we're more than able to take it. Why? It depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at your crippled hand... You'll still stay that way. If you're looking at your tumor, it'll remain that way. Look away from that. Look at the promise of God. It depends on what you're looking at. Christians look at the unseen. Abraham called things which were not as though they were because God said they were. That's the way real 
Christian view, no matter what the world says, what it looks like, that has nothing to do with it. It's what God said about it is what does it. Amen, amen. Yes. What was God told him way down in Egypt? I'll give you that land. But he didn't say, I'll go out there and sweep it all out and garnish the houses and hang up the curtains and everything. You all just move in. No, no. They had to fight for every inch of ground they took. That's right. Fight and take it by every fight of an inch. But he said, everywhere the soles of your foot land, that's possession. Yes. Footsteps is possession. Yes. That's the same thing it is today. Divine healing belongs to us. The Holy Spirit belongs to us. It's our property, but you'll fight every inch of it. Yes, sir. But brother, footsteps is possession. Just keep fighting. Take it. The devil said, the days of miracles fast. Say, you're lying. God said, he's the same. Yes, Take it over. Everywhere you put that, that's possession. That's right. Joshua come right on across the river with him. Camped out there. Oh, blind Barney May has said, what if I would have lived in that day? Well, as soon as I seen them priests walking and Joshua with that sword up in the air walking across the... While I went down there and said, great Joshua, pray for me. And I believe I would have got my sight. That great man would have prayed for me. Sure. But alas, Joshua's gone and God, I guess, is gone. All the days of miracles has passed, so our priest said, so I guess it's just hopeless. There's nothing I can do. So, hopeless. Then he said, you know what? After they compassed the walls around Jerusalem many days, one day Joshua, that great warrior, was taking a little walk out one afternoon studying the strategy of how to take that walls of Jericho, how he was going to do it. He seen that scarred street hanging out of Rahab. He's going to spare that house. Watching it, and all at once he looks down out there before him, there stood another man with his sword drawn. Joshua, he pulled out his sword, and he ran to meet him, challenged him in a duel. He said, are you for us, or are you for our enemy? He said, I'm the captain of the host of Joshua, he threw down his sword and took off his helmet and fell at his feet. Blind Barney May said, Oh, if I would have lived in that day, I'd run up to that captain of the Lord's host. And I'd have spoke to him. Little did he know that that same captain was a hundred yards from him, coming right through the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The captain of the Lord's host, on his road to the city. You know, it's when we begin to think about him, that's when he appears. It's when Cleopas and them was thinking about him when he appeared. It's always when you lift the meditation of my heart and, and let all my thoughts and let all my songs, let all that I am just meditate on me, Lord, day and night. That's the way you get God close to you. Quit thinking about what the Joneses are doing and what you're going to do next week and all the things. Just keep, just let fill my way every day with love as I walk with the heavenly dove. Let me go all the while with a song and a smile. Fill my way every day with love. That's right. Go right on down the road, no matter what school keeps or not, we don't return the teacher out. And just go right on. Leave me on the Lord. See? Keep the meditations up on God. Think on these things. The Bible says there be any praise, there be any virtue. Think on these things. Well, our thoughts are always negative. We come in a prayer line. I notice we come in a prayer line. Oh, if you'll tell me, is this awesome? You never get nothing like that. No. You're so negative to begin with. Come like that. Come to the fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Where sinners plunge beneath the floodlands all their guilty stains. Yeah. That's it. 
Come with faith, believe him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and a reward of those that diligently seek him. I'm not going to go through old Robert's prayer line and go through Tommy Hicks's prayer line and go through Osborne's prayer line and Alan's prayer line, Brandon's prayer line, so-and-so's prayer line, go to this church and that church. Why, you're just wasting time. That's all. That's all. The thing to do is just uh, just say and make up your mind that if God and God said so, then go to meet His requirements and that turns us forever. God said so, go ask him about pastor. The Bible tells us to call the elders and norm and all prayer on prayer, faith will save the sick. That's all I have to know. Amen. I got a letter back from a little woman in Germany not long ago. She'd been crippled about 15 years with arthritis, couldn't move. I sent her a handkerchief, we send thousands of them a month out. And so, she got this little letter, and we got a prayer chain around the world. So she, she read this, and she said, now, it says on here, if your pastor isn't there, if he's an unbeliever, don't call him, see? But if there's a neighbor somewhere that is a believer, call the believer, confess all your faults, ask God to forgive you of everything you've done, get everything right, then pray, put the handkerchief on your underneath garment, over your heart, then believe. So she met all the requirements that was sent to her. And when she did, she put her hand over her. She said, now, old man devil, you've been in me long enough. Get out. You're just going to walk. That's just that simple. It's just that simple to believe. You're in Arizona without the Indian, the Apaches. And I always felt sorry for the Apaches. There they was out there that night, and it looked like an army sitting out there. And I began to speak to him about the Lord. And you know, Indian, he's kind of an odd fellow. He's like a mule. He won't eat out of a long straw. straw. So he listened to it. He thought it was fake first. And then he brought, I said, I called for the prayer line. Well, I heard somebody out there hollering, Hurry out of yours. That was my Spanish friends. I know they'd have a prayer line if they was around. Because they, they always got faith to flee. So uh, there's, but they, this is for Indians only. And I looked around there, and the first thing, the Assembly of God woman back there, she had a little mission. I sent up on a on the steps like this, and all of us setting out around, it's a beautiful sight. And so she had some back in there. They brought the first woman out. See, she came out, great big wide wrist. She had a little baby on her back, and this little papoose back there. And I looked at her, and I thought, I tried to find favor. I said, how about give me the baby? She going to go do that. So I just touched in her mind, and I said, now to the interpreter, I said, she has a venereal disease. But it, and so the interpreter said that. She looked at me real strong, and I said, no, it wasn't causing me more living, but the way she had to live in dirt and filth, like that. Well, she nodded her head, that was right. I prayed for her, and that's the glaucoma of the eye. The Indian has much of it. And prayed for that one. Next come out was a, was a little girl, and she kept her head down like that. And I said, now, she's a little bitty fellow about like that, and it happened to be one of the chief's daughters. And I said, now, the little uh, girl, I said, she's had a fever, and the fever made her go deaf and dumb. She can't speak or hear and the interpreter said that, and the mother, that was right, every bit of it was right. Then the Indians then began to look around at one another, you know, they began to see something they had never seen. So I said, now, I cannot make, if the, the girl was speaking here, that takes God. But I said, this is just a, the sign that he's here, that his presence is here. He has this anointed. And so I took the little girl by the hand, and I said, Heavenly Father, you only interpret the prayer. I said, let this deaf and dumb spirit lead this child. I got down to her, and I Something like that. She turned and looked at me in them big black eyes. And I said, you say, praise the Lord. She said, mmm, 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 or something like that. I said, she'll call better. My mother said, her call heat good right now. <laughs> so then, her call heat good right now. Then the next 
was a mother. Then the next was a little old boy come out there, and I said, Well, do you believe that God, you speak English? No, she didn't speak English. I said, You believe that God will heal the little fella? And she reached down and uh, got him up top of the head, the real rough, you know, and his little old hair just as coarse as a man on a horse. And so, uh, holding like that, I said, he's got cross eyes, but you believe it got, she heard the interpreter say cross eyes, so she just got him by the nap of the head and pulled his little head back, little eyes sitting right in like that. I said, now, if you believe that God will straighten his little eyes, I said, then God will do it. And so the interpreter, I said, now get it, so they haven't gotten old. No sentences or punctuations. They start real low and go high, high, low. They just, you know how the Apaches are. It um, was kind of a rough set of Indians. So then they said, uh, yes, it should be. And I tucked the little fellow up. I, he was just like the kind of team of Bronco. And I had a piece of chewing gum. I put it under his nose and let him smell it. You know? And I got him like this. Got him in my arms. Got the little fellow up in my arms like this. I said, don't hurt this. I said, Heavenly Father, these poor people, this is really true Americans, and that's right. We're not Americans. No, we're not Americans. We're aliens who come and cut the land away from them. They're real Americans. God gave them this land. We come cut it away from them. I think it's a stain on the flag the way we treat them. Right. Sending money over there to Japan and all them places to blow it back out. It's like this. No, our Indians may not get starving to death. Not right. Sure it is tonight. And then I looked in the poor little fellow. I had him on my shoulder. I said, Lord, let me find favor with these people. Straighten the little fellow's eyes. I was watching like this, and I seen the vision come before me. His little eyes were just as straight. I said, now, he had his head over my shoulder. I was patting him. I said, now, to all of you, hundreds and hundreds sitting everywhere. I said, now, if this baby's eyes are not straight, then I'm a false prophet. See? If they are straight, then I've represented Jesus Christ to you. I can't help what the government does to you. But I said, I know Jesus will treat you right. Now, you see if this is right or not. I tuck his little head around. You talk about prayer, and I had one. <laughs> it was a stampede. And then the next one coming was an old Indian woman, and she had a ship's V-necks, and all oh, they were just had, you couldn't beat them down. And there was, a, there was an old Indian woman come out, she had two broomsticks with, this, with a piece of uh, goods wrapped around a thing she had under her arm here, and she's trying to get out. And this little Indian boy jumped up on her, and he was trying to cut in the head of her. And we couldn't make him understand because he couldn't speak English. And Brother Moore, many of them old, Brother Jack Moore, he just got him to the sides and passed him over. And I noticed the old woman, she'd come up close like that. They were bleeding then. Oh, you talk about friends. So that is coming up real like that. And I watched her, and she's moving these two crutches like this, and she'd take that foot, you know, and set it out in the other, and like that, just barely could move. I guess she's 80 years old. And she looked up at me when she got back close to me, and them great big deep cuts in her cheeks. My mother's a half-breed. I don't know if you know that or not, but she's got them big deep cuts, too. Now look, when she come up like that, and the tears cutting the way down through them little pale-looking eyes, as I thought, somebody's mother. And she just looked up at me like that, and I thought, I, I, before I pray for her, I thought, oh, God, look at that little chin shaking like that, little old thing. She looked at me, she started smiling. She's got one crutch and put it in hand over to me and went walking home. <laughs> simple things just to believe. I, I still try to pray for all, but oh my, as long as I, uh, I had stopped the discernment then. So as long as I 
three, four o'clock in the morning. They was coming through wet, come up around like this, just as wet as they could be. Now I said, what's the matter with them? He said, well, they thought first you were false. He said, now said they're going out in the desert and getting their loved ones. They're not going down to the ford. You're just wading across the river with them like that. So here come an old man, gray-headed. He had his own board and had two sticks across it. And he had his legs then across two sticks and his arms across the two sticks. And he was shaking like this with the palsy. And so there's a great big fellow standing, handsome-looking great big Indian. His lips just as blue as they could be, wet. And uh, I said, um, aren't you afraid you take pneumonia? He said, nope. I said, you talk English? a little. And I said, um, aren't you afraid you take pneumonia? No. Nope. said, Jesus Christ says, take care of me. I brought my dad. And I said, hmm? I said, that's your brother? Yep. And I said, if I pray for him, you think he'll get well? Yep. He speak any English? Nope. I said, pass him by. If I'm by, I lay my hands up on his old head shaking like that. I said, Father, he worked on any hard day for these boys. They've honored him. Now bring him across the river at this time of the morning to be prayed for. I pray that you're healing. I said, take him on. Bring your next one. First thing I heard everybody hollering, screaming. Look, the old man had the board on his own shoulders going around waving at him. <laughs> It. Just believe it. That's right. That's why this great mighty uh, captain of the host of the Lord, he was there that night, the same as he was there. And you notice something other about it. Uh, where Jesus is, you always hear a lot of noise. I don't know why, but it, it's that way. Wherever you find Jesus, you find a lot of noise. Loving and screaming, some of them hollering one thing, Hosanna! Hosanna! To the prophet of Galilee. Others saying, away with the imposter. Get him out of this city. We don't want him here. And some throwing overripe fruit at him and probably eggs the same way, you know, and going on. And he said, who passes by, said Barnabas. Who is it passing by? And they crowded over him and shoved him back. And maybe after a while, he shoved him down. He sat down, fell back for his rock again. People, you'd hear somebody saying, one is for him, one is against him. Same way it is today. Some for him, some against him. Directly you heard that priest that he'd heard go in. Said, hey, you're the prophet. You're the one that took you raised a dead man named Lazarus. We've got a whole graveyard full of them up here. Let's see if we can raise one. We'll believe you. Until you do that, you're a false prophet. He said, that's that same man told me he's going down to stop. Well, what's this all about? See? And he said, somebody tell me. Somebody help me. Somebody help me because... Uh, Who's passing by? What's all this noise about? Nobody would listen to him. And after a while, it must have been a young woman. She's seen the poor old fellow laying there. And she picked him up. She said, Sir, are you hurt? No, ma'am. Said, I-, I wish you would tell me what's all the noise about. Oh, she said, Jesus of Nazareth passes by. Well, who's Jesus of Nazareth? Are you not an Israelite? Yes. Well, you see, I am a servant of Jesus of Nazareth. You know, there's something about Jesus of Nazareth's servants. They're always willing to help somebody that's in need. They're always willing to stop and help somebody that's in need. God's servants does it. She said, I'm a believer of Jesus of Nazareth. Now, you know, this Jesus of Nazareth is the son of David. The son of David? Well, I remember I was just sitting here thinking, and my mother 
told me that the son of David would come someday. Yes, that's he, the prophet of Galilee. A prophet? Yes. Said, so, do you remember that man down here in town they call Zacchaeus, the businessman? Yes, I remember him very well. Uh-huh, he's given me coins before. Well, this morning, you know Rebecca, his wife? Yes, I remember Rebecca. Well, Rebecca's been praying, knowing that Jesus was coming to the city, while she was praying that, that her husband would, re, would receive him as the Savior. Yes, go ahead, speak on. Well, this morning, Zacchaeus is going out to see him, and he didn't want Jesus to see him. So he runs down to the corner of Hallelujah Avenue, where it turns on Glory Road down here. And he, uh, he got the garbage can and set it down and climbed up a sycamore tree and sat down where two limbs crossed. Uh-huh. And uh, Rebecca told him that, now, you are a Jew, and you know that when the Messiah cometh, he's going to be a prophet. He's going to be a God prophet, because Moses said, the Lord your God shall raise up a prophet like unto me. But you know, you, you know Zacchaeus, how well he's, he's one of the businessmen here in the city, and he leans pretty heavy with the hymn of the rabbi, plays cards together, and they have a, you know, their things are pretty well. So they, the rabbi and all of them said not to believe on that fellow, because he was but, so he climbs up in this tree, and he got all the limbs and drug them all around him like this. Camouflaged himself, and he had one great big palm ring that he raised up so he could see him when he turned down there at Glory Avenue, you know, to see him come around. So there he set up here in the tree, all perched up, and nobody knew he was up there. And he said, now I'll see if he's a prophet, and I'll look at his sermon. Yeah, he got the garbage can and set it down and climbed up a sycamore tree and sat down where two limbs crossed. Uh-huh. And uh, Rebecca told him that, uh, now, you are a Jew, and you know that when the Messiah cometh, he's going to be a prophet. He's going to be a God prophet, because Moses said, the Lord your God shall raise up a prophet like unto me. But you know, you, you know Zacchaeus, how well he's, he's one of the businessmen here in the city, and he leans pretty heavy with the hymn of the rabbi, plays cards together, and they have a, you know, they're, they're, things are pretty well. So they, the rabbi and all of them said not to believe on that fellow, because he wasn't a prophet. So Zacchaeus wanted to see if he was. So he climbs up in this tree, and he got all the limbs, and he drug them all around him like this. Camouflaged himself, and he had one great big palm leaf that he raised up so he could see him when he turned down there at Glory Avenue, you know, to see him come around. So there he set up here in the tree, all perched up, and nobody knowed he was up there. And he said, now I'll see if he's a prophet. And I look at his face, I don't know whether he's a prophet or not. I know what a prophet ought to look like. And around the corner come all the disciples, and here come the great big fishermen saying, Would you stand back, please? Our master is very tired. We, we're sorry. We have to do this. But would you stand back just a moment? And let him through. He's going up to Lebinsky's for dinner. So you'll have to... It's a restaurant up here, see? So you'll, you'll have to stand back. I'm sorry we have to do this, but um, I hope there's not a Lebinsky here. So then... Um, Anyhow, I, just, I told you, it's just a drama. So going by and telling the old setback just a little bit, and here come the others. And he, he raised up his knees and he looked out and said, Mm-hmm. What's them? Oh, oh, that's supposed to be his disciples, Rebecca told me about. Mm-hmm. I'll wait just a minute. And after a while, he raised up the leaf again. So now let's see if I'm covered up good. Yeah, I'm sitting on two limbs. That's where two ways meet. And that's where a lot of people sit, where yours and God's ways meet. That's right. Got to make a decision from right there. So he, he sat on this limb, you know, and he looked, and after a while, he seemed kind of a vacant space. And after a while, he looked coming around the corner, he raised up his leaf real easy, and looked out, peeked out from the corner of it. And you know what? He looked him in the face. And as soon as you see him in the face, he said, there's something a little different about that man. I could hear him the way he talked, and 
how compassionate he was. He, he was a different. But, you know, I have to know that he was a prophet, because if he ain't a prophet, then he's not the Messiah, because Moses told us that Messiah would be a prophet. So I've got him fooled now. i got a good look at him. I'm going back and tell Rebecca, you know what? I've got a good notion of him jumping out of this tree and reading and giving him a piece of my mind. No. You know how you see, you know. I believe I'll tell him that all the days of miracles just passed because Levinsky said so, and all the rest of them, Rabbi Jones and all of them said so, you see. So I know. I believe I'll do it. But I just better step still because I'm covered up right good. So he walked and and um, what is your name, sir? I'm Barney Mayus. Well, Barney Mayus, he walked, he got right under the tree. And when he got under the tree, he stopped, looked up. Zacchaeus, come down out of the way. I'm going home with you for dinner. That, Barney Mayus, could you believe that was the son of David? Oh, yes. That will be what he'll do. Where's he at? He's done going way down the street there. Now, he jumped up and threw down his coat. Oh, Jesus! Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Yes, have mercy on me. His last chance I was passing by, run gone by. How would he ever hear that poor old blind man? Insert the pit, the people said, Sit down. Sit down. Don't, don't be hollering like that. Sit down. He's gone down the road. Then it must have been the boy there said, He's the Messiah. I know he is. The only way I'll ever be able to catch him now, if he's down there, I know that Messiah, when he comes, he'll tell us all things. We know he'll be a prophet. So he must have someone his knees and said, Jehovah God, if that is the Messiah, that's your son, I pray that you'll stop him. Oh, let him have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. What was it? Not his voice stopped it. But his faith stopped. Watch thy faith and say, you see. Watch. With all the burdens of the world, he was going right up to Jerusalem to be crucified. He knew it. All the burdens and sins of the world, every sin that was ever committed or ever would be committed, rested up on him. Faith on his heart. Even the eggs and fruits and things that's thrown at all the screams of, Come up here and raise some dead. Show us a miracle. Let us see you do so and so if you're the Messiah. Let's see that bunch of the, the Ministerial Association of Jerusalem, of uh, Jericho. Let us see you do something. See, it's told you enough to do it. He don't mind devils. He don't yet, you see. So he, he just does as the Father shows him, he said. But that old blind beggar was saying, Oh, thou son of David. And he stopped. Brother, I'd like to preach to you sometime. And he stopped. <laughs> yes, sir. He stopped. And when he did, he turned around. Now his voice, he didn't hear it. Of course not. But his face stopped him. His face stopped him. And they brought him. He said, what would that I would do for you? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He said, thy faith has saved me. See? If he had faith enough to stop him, faith is touching don't you see how that compares with the rest of Scripture? Yeah. If he had faith enough to stop him, well, then he had faith enough to accept his healing. Yeah. Thy faith has saved him. Yeah. Thy faith did it. And he went walking on with his head towards Jerusalem. Oh, my. Going on towards Jerusalem. I can see Brian Barney May sentencing. He told me. He told me my faith. What faith? The faith that I believed that he was Messiah. How could he have heard me and me sitting way back there 200 yards against that wall? 
and all them screaming and carrying on and people acting the way they were. How? Well, I had enough faith to believe. And I stopped him and he told me, Say, I, I can see my hands. And the Bible said he finally made rejoicing and praising God. The faith of one blind beggar stopped him on such a mission as that. The faith of one person here tonight can bring him from glory right to this building. He can heal you. He can, he can give you deliverance. I read a little story on blind Barnabas before I close. My time's gone. But I'd just like to say this before I close. And we'll make the altar call. Now, notice just a moment. I read a story, if perhaps it's fiction, maybe it was, I don't know. But I was reading on blind Barnabas, said he had been blind since he was a, a young boy. Then he went blind. But he was married, and he had a wife and a little curly-headed girl that he'd never seen in his life. And said one night, he got sick. And they told, the story did, that he had a, some turtle doves that would um, get out there and they'd do little tumbles over one another, and that would attract the attention of the... Um, of the passerby, and they'd watch that little dove go do little tumbles over one another, and the people would stop and laugh a little bit and then give him a coin. That's the way they're still doing. And so his little girl got sick. They had the physician out, and the doctor said, Well, said, there's too high a fever on the child. Uh, I don't think the child's going to live, Barnabas. We have nothing to break that fever, so uh, I don't believe the child is going to live. And Barnabas said, Maybe he's tell by long this tired as little W. Adobe Hutt. And stood out there, and he said, Jehovah, if you will just heal my little girl and don't let her die, I promise you tomorrow I'll make you a sacrifice of my two little turtle doves. See, something you have to give up. People think today just because they do a little something, no, it's something that really hurts, something you have to dig way down to get. That's the kind of God thing. I'll give you my two little turtle doves and just go ahead without them. And he said next morning his, the fever was gone. He went and offered the two turtle doves. Said sometime later his wife got real ill. And so the physician came and said, <clears throat> Well, I believe she's going to die. I don't think she'll ever be well, Barnabas, after waiting on her for a while. And said, No, I, my medicine won't help her. She's going to die. So he went outside the house again. <clears throat> and you know, these dogs that lead people today, I forget what to call them, seeing eye dogs. They lead them with the dogs. Damn days, he said they had lambs that led them. And so Barnabas had a seeing our lamb. So he said, if, uh, Lord, if you will heal my wife and don't let my precious companion die, well, I promise you tomorrow I'll give you my lamb. And the next day his wife is better. So he's going up to offer up the lamb. Instead, the priest said, where goest thou, blind Barnabas? He said, I'm going up to the uh, sacrifice to offer my lamb to Jehovah, I promised him that I would give him uh, my lamb because he healed my wife. He said, Oh, Bartimaeus, thou cannot uh, offer that lamb. He said, I'll give you some money and you go buy your lamb and then offer that lamb. Buy that uh, the exchangers at the, out in the court. He said, Oh, priest, that is good of you, but I never promised God a lamb. I promised him this lamb. I'll bring somebody else. I'll do a good deed, but what about yourself? I promised God this lamb. I promised God if he'd only show me his presence, I would believe him with all my heart. Not Miss Jones would believe him, but I'd believe him with all my heart. That's 
Isaac, it seems. I promised him, not Abraham, but this man. He said, Barney Mavis, thou cannot give that lamb. That lamb is your eyes. He said, if I keep my promise to Jehovah, God will provide a lamb for blind Barnabas' eyes. On this cool spring morning, God had provided a lamb for blind Barnabas' eyes. Y'all, son of David, have mercy on me. That same lamb is provided for every sinner, for every sick. God has provided a lamb for our spiritual eyes and for our physical eyes, for our physical condition, for our spiritual condition. He's Jehovah Jireh that has already provided a lamb for our blindness, that we might uh, uh, see the world, we might see it no more, and look to him. Being sick, that we, we might know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's bow our heads just a moment for prayer. Is there a sinner here who would like to say, Brother Branham, remember me. I, 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 I cry out, Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I, I, I want to receive my spiritual sight. I want to see you as you are, the true son of God. Have mercy on me, son of David. Would you raise your hands to him? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Up in the balcony, raise your hands. I want to see him. Uh, oh, Lamb of God, oh thou son of David, God bless you, my brother, way back up there in the balcony. Someone else, some of the young folks, hear my little story about little Barney Mayus when he was young. You know, your mother perhaps dedicated you to God too when you were born. He, Barney Mayus, finally fulfilled the commission that God had laid out for him when his mama dedicated him. Maybe tonight. That your little eyes will come open, young folks, and you'll see the Lamb of God. Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. Would you raise your hand, someone else? Have mercy on me, thou Son of David. God bless this young girl. God bless this young woman. God bless this lady sitting here. God bless this little boy over here. Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. The man over here, yes, God bless you. Someone else, over to my right. Thou son of David, have mercy. Your faith can touch him. Bring him right down here to you, just the same as Barney Mayus did. He's not, and he, he'll stop and leave heaven to come to this Assembly of God church tonight to show you mercy if you just have the same faith that Barney Mayus did. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Well, there'll be another somewhere in the building that hasn't raised their hand. There's been about 10 or 12 raised up their hands that they wanted to have mercy upon them. Thou, son of David. I noticed last night there's a little girl sitting here looks to be about 10 years old. She raised her hand a few moments ago. She wanted Jesus. About the age of my little Becky, I guess, at home, my little Rebecca. And I noticed a little girl come up last night when she stood at the altar. No more she stood there. She started speaking with tongues. Someone told me, some of the brethren, that she's run all over the church speaking in tongues and singing in tongues and everything. How the Lord blessed that little child. Get her when her heart's young and tender before she's pulled it through old True Story magazines and the filth of the world. Got her little heart all callous. I like to see little ones come. God, you dedicate your lives to him. He'll do something for you too, honey. He sure will. Someone else now before we pray. Lord, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
our Heavenly Father, I give them to thee. They raise their hands, they're your children, by faith in Jesus Christ. They know that you're here, Father. They know that you are the Son of God. They believe now that because that you spoke to their heart, that they're ready to receive you as their Savior. Because you had to speak first, no man can come to me, said the Lord Jesus, lest my Father draws me first. And all the Father has given me will come. And now, Lord, they come tonight upon the basis of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, and as their priest or their, or their pastor or servant, I, I pray, Father, my prayer of faith goes to you. And to let them know that they are saved, I'm quoting to you your word. You said, He that heareth my word, I've constantly quoted it for the last hour or more. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath, present tense, everlasting life and shall never, never come into the judgment but's already passed from death to life. Father, that's what you said. They raised their hands that they believed it. And they, they believed it, they received it, so now I know that you have given them eternal life. And you'll raise them up again at the last day. You said you would do it, you promised you would do it. And you're God and you keep all your promises. Your promises is yea and amen. So you cannot go back on your promise. You, you said you would do it, and you promised to do it. Now, Father, I pray that you'll give them courage to let them know that that spirit that was near them saying, Child, you're wrong. You should receive me tonight. I'll stop in my great busy schedule and turn around and say, Thy sins are forgiven me. Go and sin no more. As you have said so many times, you'll set it to them tonight because they made their decision. Now, Father God, I pray that you won't let one of them. I don't, I don't believe that they raised their hands just for the saying of raising their hands. I believe they were sincere. They really meant it. And now I commit them to you and ask that you forgive all their sins. I'm interceding for them with all my heart that you will forgive them their sins. Every sinner in here, that you forgive all their sins. Father, this little group, I want to meet them now on that great day of the rapture. When we get together, see them come running from nation to nation, getting together. We which are alive and remain shall not hinder them which are asleep. The trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall rise first, and then we'll meet them, and then be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air and forever be with you. Lord, I know that you said that in the book of Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and I know it's true. And I'll meet them before we meet you. So we're so happy for this. And we believe now that I believe with all my heart that because they raised their hands and because that I prayed and asked and follow the leading of the Spirit the best that I know how, that they are forgiven of their sins. Now, they're happy for it, Lord. Now, there's one more thing you ask them to do. He that will confess me before man, him will I confess before my Father and the holy angels. This will be a night that they'll never forget. These young folks are remembering that little Barney Mayus listened to his mother's story and know that someday God used him. And this is the hour that you're using them, using them and taking them into your kingdom. The older ones that raised their hands, they were the ones, perhaps like Barney Mayus later on, that was blind, but received his sight, his spiritual sight. Now, Father, I pray that you'll let them become your children tonight and will join some good church and 
and be baptized by Christian baptism and receive the Holy Ghost. Grant it, Lord. Now, with your heads bowed, I'm going to see and ask you that were deeply sincere, if you believe me to be God's prophet, or his servant, rather, if you believe me to be his servant with all your heart, and you believe that I've quoted you the truth, you heard the word, he that heareth my word, St. John 5, 24, and believeth on him that sent me. I preach the word, you believe on God. And you raised up your hand that you was a sinner, and you did not want to be a sinner anymore. Then God said, no man can come to me except my father draws him. Then what draws your hand up? God. You made your decision. All right? Now what do you say? He that comes to me, I will know why cast out. Then you are a Christian. If you're in it, that you're young boys and girls, and you're older, and you're middle-aged, and you're teenage, all of you. You are Christians when you believe it. Now there's one thing that you have to do. If you really believe that with all your heart, I'm going to ask you just to stand on your feet and say this uh, by standing up. You don't have to say one word, but just stand up that you might witness to the people that I now confess all my sins and accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now you that accept him that way, stand up to your feet. What about it, little girl that was sitting here? You believe he's your Savior? That's right. Stand right there, honey. Little boy over here. All right. You in the back. You're up in the balcony. The little boy and girl in the balcony. Fine. Anywhere in the building now that accepted Jesus as your Savior, stand up. He that will testify me before man, him that witnessed me before man, him will I witness before my Father and the Holy. Now, did some of you older people raise your hand? There's one, two, three, four. I'm looking at four children standing up on my little story tonight of Barney Mayer. Now, what about some of you older? They raise your hand. Have you, you see how their little hearts are tender? They, they believe, and so they just stand up. Stand up to accept him. You believe they're forgiven? Sure they are. Certainly they are. Now some of the rest of you want to accept him and say, I'll publicly make a witness. The Bible says, as many as believed was added to the church. Do you believe that Jesus forgives your sins tonight? Stand up to your feet with these children. How many will do it right now? All right. God bless you. The boy in the wheelchair, this boy here, this girl here, this lady, that's good. Fine. Someone else. Say, I accept him right now. I don't, no feeling. I'm not looking for feeling. I'm looking because he promised me. He that worth my word and believeth on him that sent me has eternal life and shall not come to the judgment, but passing death to life. Upon those bases in your confessed sins and recognizing that you are a sinner and will rise and accept him as your Savior. Rise up. One, two, three, four, five, six. Isn't there one more? One more that I could pray for you before you sit down. Is there one more? Anybody out in the, in the hall that's saying, God bless you, lady. That's wonderful. All right, is there another? God bless you, sister. All right, is there another? That's seven. That's the perfect number. Now, let us bow and just remain standing. Our Heavenly Father, if your word cannot fail, it's eternal. You said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. You said so, Lord, and will not come into the judgment or condemnation at the judgment, but has passed from death unto life, because they have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died in their stead, taking their sins. And through their unrighteousness, they are made the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. 
There they are, Father. They're the trophies of the message. They're here. They're your children. Now, I may never be able to shake your hand in this earth, but Father God, upon the basis of your word, I believe and accept your word that you are God and you cannot lie and your word is eternal. I claim them for the gospel. I claim them for God's sake through Jesus Christ. Remitting all their sins. And Father, pray that you will guide these children in the eternal life, guide them to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptize them, Father, into the spirit and power of the body of Jesus Christ, that they might see it with their own eyes that you are the Son of God. They have believed it by faith now and accepted it, and on those bases you said they were saved. I pray for them and commit them into thy hands in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as you see the people standing, raise your head. The ones that are standing, I want you to shake their hands as they sit down. Up there in the balcony, then, right here. You know you Christians near them now. Yeah, you're seated. Just shake your hands. Say, God bless you. Shake this little boy's hand here. God bless his little heart. There's some of your mothers studying that. Right here, that time. God bless you. God bless you, brother. It's a broken foot there. Don't worry. You'll be all right. I know that a couple nights ago, so just don't worry about that. You're all right. So, up there in the balcony. Oh, it's it. It's all all right. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Said, Brother Bannon, do you believe that to be the truth? Well, certainly I believe that to be the truth. I wouldn't stand here and preach something I did not believe. I get in trouble all the time for preaching things I did believe. That's what it is. Uh, but I believe it because God said so, and that settles it to me. I believe it's just that, that those people, that little girl, little boys, and these people here, called him from glory just the same as Brian Barney may have stopped him on the road. You believe that? How many of you sick? Raise your hand. You're sick of me. Amen. How many believe that that same God? I don't know. All right. I, 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 something struck me then. He's here. The angel of the law that you see in that picture, God being my judge at the day of the judgment, you'll find out he's right here now. That's right. The angel of the Lord is here. Somebody, somewhere, somewhere is suffering. They've got to say something's moved. Somebody has done something, somewhere has done something. He wouldn't have come like that if he's trying to hold this to a gospel service. Do you have any prayer cards? You don't? Well, you don't need them. You don't need them. You have faith and believe. If I told you young converts, here, really sure, or friends, you'll never know what a feeling that is when you when he strikes you. You know what you're talking about then. That's right. Yes. You know what you're speaking of. Oh, I'm just as positive as I can be. You have faith now, just believe. Sarah sat in the tent, and she said within herself, she lost. And the angel turned and said, why did Sarah last sing within herself that this couldn't be so? Is that right? How about the woman that touched his garment? And he looked, don't you believe he's that same high priest tonight? And you young converts, I want to prove to you 
But that one that you touched, sister, honey, here, you and the, young, the sister sitting here, the brother, the little boy and a little boy and girl sitting over there, I want to show you that it was the same Lord Jesus that made the promise. Oh, my. Oh, I wish I could feel this way all the time. Have faith in God. Pray, all of you. Just be with prayer. I'm going to turn my back to you. What that angel of the Lord did to show you we're in the days of Sodom, to show you we're at the last day, that this country here is a modern Sodom, to show you that the angel of the Lord is still the angel of the Lord. Now, you have no prayer card, so you won't have no prayer line. But you don't have to have prayer cards. The only thing I ask you to do is believe that I've told you the truth, the gospel truth, and it's gone. I look at these ministers. Now, let's you believe this, brother, with all your heart? You believe the gospel I've been preaching is the truth? God bless your heart. There's an awful good feeling behind you. Faith is you, brother. A lot of times this week I've chopped and cut and everything else, but don't think I've hurt you. I love you, you're my brother. But you yourselves know that the church is moving away. We got to bring it back. Bring it back. We got to bring it back. Now, here it is. There's a woman before me. I'm looking right at her. Somebody out there is touching the high priest. I see what she looks like here. Just a minute. Somebody touched him. Just the same as the woman touched our Lord Jesus. That's what this woman done. Now I'm just acting in his place, you see. Are you understanding? Now, I'll catch it just a moment. It comes from the... Now, somebody touching each one of you is praying. Believe now with all your heart. Step real quiet, please. Yes, sir? It's the lady sitting right over there in the corner. Yes. That's right. You have a prayer card? No, you, I know you don't have a prayer card. I don't know you. God does know you. See, can't, all, all of you look this way. Can't you see that light hanging over the woman there? Yes, that little, just right above her. See that mystic-looking light hanging right above her there? Now watch, it's opening up. The woman has been examined by a doctor of some sort, and they told her she had a growth, some sort of a... She's pending an operation, but she won't receive the operation. She's trying to trust the Lord for her healing. That's right. Raise up your hand, lady. Now, you young convert, that lady sitting right next to her there, she seemed to be a, a light moon. Got over to that lady sitting right by. There it is again. I thought it went back to the lady, but it went to that lady. She's a believer, a Christian believer. She's got some kind of a, like an allergy of breaking out on her hand. That's right. I don't know you do, a lady. You don't have any prayer card, of course. You believe that you're going to get well? You believe that was God? You, you believe that, that I can tell you what she's praying about? 
You believe that? By God. Keep quiet, keep quiet, sit down. You leave? Mrs. Bosser, you believe now that you're going to be made well? God bless you. That's who you are, isn't it? What about you, little fellow, sitting right here? Here it is, right here to you. You believe? I see your tongue stooped in your shoulders. That's that. But there's something else besides that that's wrong with you. If God will tell me what's wrong with you, will you believe me to be his prophet, his servant? It's a stomach trouble you're suffering with. That's thus saith the Lord. Right. Not a whole tree, just nervous and upset in your stomach. That's exactly. If you believe with all your heart, you believe? Now be real reverent. Don't move, you see? Every time you move, that, that, that does nothing, you see. You're reverent. What about somebody in this direction here? Come over here, now let's go over here. You believe? When we get three or four, say, say something. Have faith, don't doubt. I just have to watch wherever I... I wish I could just say this or that. I can't. I just have to watch. Faith is so unconscious to people. Little lady sitting right there. Looking at you. Oh, right behind you, sister, right here. Got trouble with your eyes. That's right. You, you believe he'll heal you of that? See, don't you lose your sight. You're getting dimmer all the time. You just believe with all your heart. You believe God can tell me who you are? You know I don't know you. Miss Johnson, you can go home and be well. The lady sitting right next to her. You had to get up and go away a few minutes ago. Satan tried his best to rob you from you. You think God can tell me about your trouble? Would you accept me as his prophet or his servant? You believe that with all your heart? I don't know you. I've never seen you in my life. But you really got a contact with God right now. Right. You're very seriously ill. Right. The gallbladder condition. That is right. Another thing, you have a large heart. That's exactly right. Ms. Miller, <coughs> raise up your hand if that's right. Go receive your healing. Jesus Christ your I challenge you to believe that. I, I, just, I just ask you to believe it. All right. Have faith in God. Do you believe him? Thank you. 